0: Morning everyone. Just give us a sec whilst I sort the tech. Oh, I didn't think that was going to rhyme. There we go. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, as Hole said, we're kind of uh, starting, or not starting, it's the second uh, instalment of our Shepherd uh, series that we've been going through, uh, and it's been awesome. I really enjoyed uh, last week and just to give you a heads up, uh, there's a lot of kind of like farming analogies that I'm going to be using today. So I kind of feel like Jim would be better being up here right now than me, uh, but I'm going, to, I'm going to give it my best shot, because uh, I'm going to continue the series, and we're, we're looking at it verse by verse, so I'm picking up verse uh, 2 in Psalm 23 today. But I do think it's good to know that, uh, that our pastor has a sense of humor, because he's asked me to speak on rest. Now... Those of you that know me relatively well know that that's not something I'm massively knowledgeable about or have a, a great deal of experience in. Um, so this this last couple of weeks as I've been preparing for this, I, I really feel like I'm preaching to myself. Uh, and you guys are just going to hear my notes this morning. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you'll get something out of it, but I can assure you that I certainly have uh, in the in the preparation for this. So... Last week, Dan opened the series on verse 1, which was, which was just, you know, setting the scene for what a shepherd is, setting the scene for, for this series, and he compared a shepherd to a king. Uh, and I thought it was a, an amazing way to open the series, because Dan made this comparison between a king and a shepherd. A shepherd is someone who's personal, a king is someone who lives miles away and doesn't have an interest in you. A shepherd is someone who is active in your life, and a king isn't. A shepherd is someone who's sacrificial, and a king isn't. And a shepherd is someone that provides, and a king doesn't. And I think, throughout this series, those characteristics are going to be weaved through most of the the messages that we hear over the next five weeks. They're certainly going to be weaved through today's uh, today's message. But I don't know about you. The start of a new year. I'd, I'm not a kind of a. I'm not a person that makes resolutions. I kind of. I think. Oh, it's a bit corny to make resolutions. So I. Say to myself, I've got things that I would like to achieve this year, rather than resolutions. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Um, If you want to know, you can ask me later. Um, But when we start a new year, it's often, although it is just another month, it is just another day. It gives us an opportunity to think about the future, think about this year, to think about what we want to achieve. And as a church, we want to start this year aligning ourselves under God aligning ourselves under God's will, and that's what this series is about. Uh, For those of you that have been around for the last few months, uh, Dan and and the elders have presented a kind of new vision for this church, which includes this idea that we are going to be a church that pursues the heart of God. Now, we can only pursue the heart of God if we're under God's will, and and this series is about giving us the tools and and equipping us to actually, uh, if we need to, find our way back under God's will, and if... We need to carry on, hopefully strengthen us to, to carry on doing that. And I think, you know, Dan sends out the notes for, for what he wants us to kind of cover for this, this topic. And the thing that, the, the kind of line that he put in that this time that kind of really resonated me that, with me was that we, we want to be a church that knows our shepherd's voice. That we want to be a church that hears God's voice and moves accordingly. And I think... Rest and stillness has a big part to play in our ability to hear God's voice, our ability to hear our shepherd's voice. But I want to break today down into three kind of, uh, as I normally do if I do like a little personal study, I'll try and do some kind of like, uh, or what is this particular topic? What, how you know, what, how do I get that kind of thing and how do I apply that? And that's kind of what I want to go through today. So I really want to just look very briefly at what rest is to start with and then we're going to look at how we, where we find rest and then finally how we apply rest. And like I said, there's lots of farming analogies to help us get through this morning. Um, so hopefully it will make it easier to remember. But so what is rest? Now, if you're like me, you think rest is just stopping, it's just taking it easy for a bit, maybe having a bit of a sleep, maybe having Netflix on all day, maybe that's what rest is uh, to you and it's certainly up until two weeks ago that's how I would describe rest, I just need to stop and not do something for a bit but have you ever had a really really long sleep like woken up after 12 hours and stelt, still felt pretty rubbish? Have you taken some time off work or school or college and not felt the benefit from taking that time off? Because I know I have. And I think for me, what I've started to realise, and a lot of you probably sit in this room going, man, you're really slow. You're 35 and you're only just figuring this out. Um, But there's different types of rest. And there's different reasons that we need to rest. So getting the proper type of rest requires identifying exactly what you're missing and there is the obvious one so I've I've kind of boiled it down now dependent on which article you read by which doctor by which you know uh, someone doing a PhD I've read quite a few this week I'll, I'll be I'll level with you my internet search history this week is proper funky Like what like how many types of rest are there like, why does a shepherd do this? I've Googled a lot about sheep this week, which is weird. Uh, if, anyone, if anyone not here was to look at my search history this week, they'd be like, I think we need to call Pat a doctor. It's a bit weird. Um, but, I, but from all this kind of study that I've done this week, I think I'm going to boil different types of rest down into five different things. And we're not going to spend a load of time on this, but I just want to set the scene. The first one is the obvious one. Is the thing that I, the one that I always thought was the only one, and that's physical rest. You know, sometimes you can just be exhausted. You know, you struggle to keep your eyes open, or you even walking to bed is is a bit of a is a bit too much, and that's physical rest, and you need to sleep. There's also mental rest. You know, I don't know whether, like me, sometimes you stare at the same page in a book or stare at the screen for about 10-15 minutes and nothing goes in. Or you can send a ridiculous email that you don't mean to send that makes no sense. Or, again, a little bit like me, you can suddenly start to feel quite negative or you can say quite negative things. And I think that's, that's mental rest. So you might need to take a, a break from the screen. You might need to do something that you enjoy. The third type of rest, and this is an interesting one because I never really thought about it like this, but is social rest. You know, some people can suffer from what the kids call FOMO, fear of missing out. Some people can have competitive relationships or, you know, just constantly want to be busy, constantly wanting to be doing something that can be draining. And when you're in relationships where you're genuinely feeling like you have to be someone that you're not to fit in, That can be a strain. So maybe you need to find a crew where you can just be yourself or just give yourself a night off. The fourth one is emotional rest. So it might be that you've had some bad news. It might be that you've had a string of bad news. It might be that you're confused about a particular situation. You might have lost someone that you love. You might have been going through a breakup. You might need someone to offload to. You might need someone to talk to. And the point I'm trying to highlight here is just because you feel a certain way, sleeping doesn't necessarily mean that it solves the issue. You know, if you need emotional rest, watching Netflix for for 10 hours probably isn't going to help you. But talking to your close mate or talking to someone that can listen probably will. And the final one, which I don't think there would have been one maybe like 20 years ago, but I think it is now, is like a sensory rest where we have a better relationship with our screens than we do with some of the people in our life. You know, there's physical things like eye strain and neck strain and stuff like that that come as part of this. But also it puts a strain on relationships because it removes a little bit of the intimacy that we might have in relationships, in proper friendships. So the article... The article that I read this particular one in said something along the lines of maybe you need to check in with yourself before you switch your TV on. So those are the five. Physical rest, mental rest, social rest, emotional rest and sensory rest. So now we know, I'll try to give you a bit of a definition of of what I think rest is. Let's look at where we can find the rest. And So if you want to jump with me uh, to Psalm 23, uh, this is the psalm that covers the whole of the series that we're in. Uh, right now. Uh, I'm going to read the whole of the psalm, but our focus is on, on verse 2 today. So if you're with me, I'm going to read from verse 1. And this is the psalm of David. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, like I said today, our focus is on verse 2, which says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside quiet waters. And like I said, for me, rest has always been about just stopping. Doing And in the first part of this verse, it's, it says that he makes me lie down. And if my definition of rest was true, this verse wouldn't say green pastures. This verse would say he makes me ride, lie down in a field or wherever I am. But I think it's significant that he says green pastures because that suggests that this is a place that's good for us. That suggests that maybe everything that we have and everything that we would need would be in this green pasture field where there is both delight and provision. So in sheep terms, it's got the tastiest grass. It has got the best terrain. Now, 99% of the time when I see a sheep, what are they doing? Eating. My spirit animal. (laughs) Obviously, that's a joke. Um, But they never stop eating. They never stop grazing. So I think it's significant that the sheep in this analogy are lying down because it suggests that they're content it suggests they have everything that they need it suggests that they're satisfied now it's true when you drive past, I went down to Cardiff this week and yeah I saw a lot of sheep on the journey down there not just because it's Wales, that's a, that wasn't a joke, that was, it was a genuine point um, and that all the time they are eating. You know, so this analogy is that this, this, these green pastures have everything that we need, everything that will make us satisfied, everything that will make us content. And in human terms, that's exactly what David is trying to put across in this psalm, is that stopping and spending time in these green pastures, in, in with God, is going to satisfy us. It's going to make us content. It's going to give us everything that we need. And the second part of this verse it says he leads me beside quiet waters and again it doesn't just say he leads me beside water it suggests that these waters are pure and they're clean and that they're motionless and they're still and again in sheep terms I didn't realize this but sheeps don't drink from moving water It has to be still. So quite often, a a shepherd would build a bit of a dam to stop the water, and they would lead the sheep to this particular part of the, the stream or the river, and the sheep would be able to drink because it was still water. And another point is that, you know, if I was a sheep, I probably wouldn't go to a loud, crashing river because it would be loud it would be probably quite scary. There would be a risk that the sheep could start drinking and it could be swept off downriver. So again, it suggests that, that the shepherd knows the sheep. It suggests that the shepherd knows what the sheep needs and actually puts things in place for the sheep to be able to drink. So again, in human terms, it says in John 4, Uh, this is where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and it says, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So the shepherd in this particular psalm, God knows what we need. And it isn't just water that will just satisfy our thirst in that particular moment. It was water that will satisfy our soul. And what I love about this particular verse in Psalm 23 is that it lets us imagine what that place is like. Let me just read the verse again. Verse 2 He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And I love the fact it allows us to our own imagination to picture ourselves in these green pastures to picture ourselves by these quiet waters. Now I'm pretty sure all of us would be picturing something relatively similar, but maybe a little bit different. Maybe there's like some kind of like young reindeer, reindeer, young deer, <laughs> 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 kind of like running in the distance. There might be some bird noise. There might be nothing. It might be sunny. It might be cloudy. But all of this, David is painting this kind of picture of renewal. He's painting this picture of it has everything that we need. In fact, he actually he says, it renews my life. And in that uh, verse from John, Jesus is talking about renewal when, he, when he's uh, speaking to the lady at the well. So green pastures and quiet water, they're a place of delight, they're a place of provision, and they're a place that provides renewal and rest. Which I think is super cool. So we know what rest is. We know where we can find it. So how, how do we apply it? How do we rest? And you don't have to turn here, but I'm just going to read a couple of verses from Matthew 11. So these are, these are Jesus' Jesus's words. And uh, wordly Dan read these last week uh, when he was service leader. and It says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I've just got a couple of points that I want to make about this, this, uh, these couple of verses. The first one is that this is an open invitation. The invitation from Jesus in this particular passage is for you. But you have to admit that you're a bit weary. You have to admit that you need help, that you struggle. You have to admit that you have burdens and that you can't sustain it on your own. But I've got two main points that I want to I make. The first one being that we are first invited to come and then to take. So verse 28 says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest and I think the order of that those verses is really important because we can't reverse them if we were to reverse them it wouldn't work first of all we have to come and then second of all we take and I think what Jesus is saying in these verses that we must detach ourselves from the burdens that we carry We must detach ourselves from the things that we hold on to. Or maybe we need to turn around from the direction that we're going. Because maybe all of those things that we are carrying, the direction in which we are going, is contributing to our weariness, is contributing to the fact that we need rest. So Jesus' first direction in this particular passage is to come. And uh, a preacher that I heard uh, talk about this in the last couple of weeks put it this way. If we don't come apart, we will come apart. If we don't come apart, we will come apart. So if we don't come to Jesus and, and detach ourselves from the burdens, from the worries, maybe from the heartache or even the direction in which we are going, then we will come apart. The second invitation is to take. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you, learn from, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Again, this implies that this is free. He's freely offer, offering himself as rest, but it is our responsibility to pick it up. And this is where the kind of the next farming analogy comes in. And Jesus uses this idea of, of a yoke. And for those of you that don't know, and Jim, please don't shout at me for getting this wrong. Uh, a yoke is a long wooden beam used to kind of attach two oxen together. When it might be to plough fields, or well, it will be to plough fields. But there is this kind of, the, the yoke is this long piece of wood which is used to keep these two oxen uh, together. So there'd be two oxen and one, one yoke. And when I was doing a bit of digging and a bit of reading around this, I found something really cool. And you guys might have heard this before, but I, it was pretty new to me. Is that, that a farmer, when they have an oxen and they have a yoke, they would put one experienced, strong oxen and they would pair it up with a younger, less experienced, weaker oxen. And the idea would be that actually the yoke between the two oxen, because the bigger bigger oxen had bigger shoulders, if they walked in the straight line and the oxen um, followed the more mature, older, stronger oxen, then actually all of the strain of the yoke would be on the older oxen. The younger oxen wouldn't actually have much pressure. The role of the younger oxen was just to learn the way, to learn how to do it. So as long as the young oxen submit it to the authority of the older oxen, it actually won't be under that much pressure. It's only when the younger oxen goes, "Hmm, I want to try walking that way. Or I want to try and walk ahead." The moment that they walk in a different direction, or the moment they try and go ahead, the strain and the pressure of the yoke will go onto the younger oxen. Therefore, putting a lot more pressure and giving them an inability to actually sustain what they're doing. Now, do you see the point that Jesus is trying to make now? That the younger oxen, if they were just to do as they're told, if they were just to accept the authority of the, the, the larger, stronger, more experienced oxen, actually their life would be pretty straightforward. That's why Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as soon as the younger oxen starts walking off path or doing something that he wants to do, he actually doesn't learn the ways of the older oxen and actually causes himself more struggle, more stress, more pressure, gets a little bit more wearier. And you can see how that analogy makes perfect It's harder for us to sustain on our own strength. We might be able to do it for a while. and A young oxen will probably be able to go on his own for a bit. but the purpose of being attached to an older, stronger, more experienced oxen was for them to learn, because one day. So that's my first point. You are invited to come and then to take, and it has to be in that order. It's an open invitation, but we must detach ourselves of the things that we are carried and come to Jesus. And now I think a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, maybe even a few people in this room are very good at the first point. Coming to church, maybe even serving in church, is easier. You can, you can kind of do that under your own strength. But picking up the yoke, picking up the cross. And what's actually really cool is when I was reading this, if you were to, if you were to take the, the yoke from its horizontal and flick it, flick it verti- vertically, it looks like a cross. So if we're to take, to pick up the cross, it's an open invitation, but we have to do it. And we have to constantly do it. And we have to keep reminding ourselves that although it might be tempting to go off to the right or go off to the left or to run further ahead. And that's the other thing. This, this analogy that Jesus says works on so many different levels because oxen aren't quick. You know, oxen's aren't big horses. You know, they they aren't working at a million miles an hour. Oxen's are strong and they're steady and they're intent. Every step that they take is for a reason. And I love that on about analogy because it speaks so much to me because I'm a million miles an an hour kind of guy. I'm a let's run really hard and then I'll have a bit of a meltdown and then I'll start again. That is me. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying if you're running a million miles away, you're running in a different direction. Because my burden is light and my yoke is easy. So I shouldn't be burning out. If I'm doing what God has called me to do and operating under his guidance and his authority and his strength, I shouldn't be burning out. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And my second point in this his rest is not found in doing nothing, but under his yoke and his footsteps. And again, a second, second kind of revelation to me, rest is not about doing nothing. You know, my Saturday afternoons, if I'm not at AFC filed, I'm led down on the sofa doing nothing. And sometimes that's needed, but other times it's not what, the kind of rest that I need. See, the yoke in this analogy is a symbol of work. It's not a symbol of stopping. Jesus is not saying here, you're burnt out, you're overworked, you need to take a break, sit back and do nothing. That is not what Jesus is saying in this analogy. What Jesus is saying is the exact opposite. He's saying, come, take my yoke and let's work together. And we know, we, most of us have been Christians long enough to know that it's not easy. It, just, because it's, just because Jesus is saying, like, look, work with me, work under my authority, work under my guidance, work under my strength, doesn't mean the road ain't going to get rocky. Doesn't mean it's not going to be harder in certain parts of our, our life, and it is. And this is why this analogy keeps working. Because it might be dead easy ground that we're plowing for a bit, but then the ground might become rocky. you know what? You might want to quit. You might want to give in. But Jesus is saying is, I've got strong shoulders. I've been down this path before. I have got this situation and I've got you. And what he's asking asking from us in return is to say, I will pick that up on a daily basis. I will remind myself that I'm going to operate at your pace. I'm going to remind myself of the promises that you have given me. I'm going to remind myself of the guidance that you give me. And his promise to us is that if you do that and if we live in step with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we will find rest. We will find peace. We will live beyond our circumstances and beyond our difficulties because we're walking in step with him. Now, I think that, as an analogy, is a crazy analogy with lots of, lots of different levels to it. And like I said, if I'm the only one that's got something out of this, then, then cool. You know, you know, I'm sorry you had to hear it. Uh, but I don't think that's true. You know, I don't think we go through life and all the time we re- remind ourselves to come back under Jesus' yoke. We remind ourselves to pick up his yoke we might remind ourselves that we need to come to church we might remind ourselves that we need to open the bible but are we really taking are we really picking up are we really putting ourselves under jesus's guidance are we really letting the holy spirit dictate our next steps are we really asking jesus to talk to us about everything that we do So just to link back to, to how I started this, like I want you to hear that Jesus is our source of rest, that Jesus is our source of renewal. I'm not saying don't sleep. You know, sleep helps. I'm not saying don't get away on holiday and take some time out. That helps. I'm not saying turn off your Netflix and your iPads and your phones for a couple of hours. That helps. Having good friends in your life that speak into you, That helps. But ultimately, Jesus is the source of our renewal. Ultimately, Jesus is the source of our rest and our strength. When nothing in the world will do, he will do. So if the band just want to want to jump back up. I just want to summarize this this morning. First, that we need to come. We need to separate ourselves and detach ourselves from the, and the stuff that we are, we are carrying. Ultimately, we need to repent. Then we need to take, we need to pick up his yoke, surrender his life to his lead, our life to his leadership. Thirdly, we need to listen and learn. Now listen to his Holy Spirit. Take steps in confidence and obedience that God's got this as a plan, that God's got a purpose for you. And finally, we enter into his rest. Not because we're not doing anything. Not because we're stopped. Not because we're sleeping every moment that we've got. Because he's ready to give you a peace and rest that surpasses everything that we would ever be able to imagine or we'd be able to do ourselves. So maybe, and if I was talking to myself like now, I'd probably say, stop striving. Stop trying to do something on your own. Stop trying to run at a million miles an hour and just come back and pick up the yoke, pick up the cross. Walk with Jesus. Ask him to guide your next step. Ask him in any situation. Now, I don't know whether you've been in church for a long time and you've heard stuff like this before, but I just think it's a cool opportunity this morning as we start a new year and as we said at the beginning whether we need to or not but just to align ourselves back under his will back under God this morning so let's just pray as we close if you want to respond you respond between between you and God this morning we've got some time of worship we've got people here that, that want to pray with you I'd love to pray with you I'd love to chat with you if you want to just jump to your feet, let's let's just pray. Yeah, so Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that that you are our our source of strength, that you are our source of rest, Father. And when we go down paths, when we try and pull away, or go to the left or go to the right or try and run ahead father just help us just to come back under your yoke to come back under your leadership to come back under your authority father we we're sorry when we try and do things on our own we try and do things in our own strength and we just ask you to uh, to help align us back under your will under your purpose under your strength this morning i thank you lord that when we walk in step with you that we get this rest and peace that goes beyond our circumstances, beyond our imagination. We thank you for for what you've communicated to us this morning, what you've communicated to me this last few weeks, Father. I'm sorry when I try and do things on my own. I'm sorry when I try and put uh, circumstances and situations before you. Help me just to come back to you every time. Help us as a church just to put you the centre of our lives under your will. Help us to become a church that just hears our shepherd's voice and we know what to do. We ask for this and pray this in your name. Amen.